Hello, everyone. Welcome to your podcast, Sharing Sweat Equity, a business podcast hosted by your El Paso Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and the Minority Women's Enterprise Diversity Center. I am Idali Discareño, your host for the show. I'd like to take care of some housekeeping items. If you're looking for commercial real estate in El Paso, reach out to our friends at Epicenter at 915-532-3456. They have locations all over El Paso. Also, special shout out to our friends over at Sun Carpets for sponsoring our podcast room. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the El Paso Hispanic Chamber of Commerce Legislative Send-Off and Salute. We wanted to do this today. We have our very distinguished legislative representatives. We wanted to do this because we can't thank you all enough. There are not enough words to describe how much we appreciate what each one of you do. Someone has to step up and have the courage to run, and you all do it, and we applaud you, and I can't thank you enough for what you do. What I'd like to do is introduce, and then we'll get to it, and I'll go in alphabetical order. We have Senator Cecil Blanco from District 29, our newest senator. Um, Number two, we have Representative Art Fierro representing District 79. Uh, We have Representative Mary Gonzalez representing District 75. And we have Representative Lena Ortega representing District 77. I understand that our representative uh, Bettis is having a little bit of technical difficulties from District 76, and so she'll be on with us as soon as she can. What I'd like to do right now is start off with each one of you to kind of give two minutes about what you think your policy and goals are going to be, and each one of you gets two minutes in terms of the top priorities you're looking at with 137 days left to go in the legislature, and everybody's wanting money, including us. So, Cesar Blanco. Great. Well, thank you so much. Uh, Really great to be here uh, with all of you. Uh, I'm uh, the newly elected senator for District 29. Uh, This district covers El Paso County as well as Culberson, Hudspeth, Jeff Davis, and Presidio counties. Um, I previously served uh, three terms uh, in District 76, and I want to thank you all for uh, this send off and thank you Cindy for serving as MC and keeping us all on track. You do a great job of that. Um, so, you know, uh, really excited to, to, to be part of this. Um, you know, we've got a lot uh, before us. We've got COVID relief and recovery, which is really going to be the top priority for this session. Uh, in El Paso alone, we've seen over a hundred, uh, over 1900 people, uh, uh, according to the records, uh, die from COVID. Um, and we have over 35,000 active cases here in El Paso. And uh, this Sunday, state officials said that the, depart- that the pandemic is now uh, at its worst in Texas. Um, so really, COVID relief and recovery are going to be uh, the issues that we're going to focusing on. Um, this session will be measured by how well we're uh, able to provide relief from this pandemic. And I look forward to fighting for the needs of El Paso and West Texas uh, with my friends and colleagues in El Paso. Uh, this is a great delegation. We have a great team uh, to get things done for our community. Great, thank you. And bravo to your committee assignments. We'll talk about those shortly. If I could, uh, just quickly, we have Representative Claudia Orlas Pettis joining us. So thank you. Um, we'll get to you in just a second. So Representative Art Fierro, you're on. It seems just like yesterday uh, I saw you. <laughs> and look, what's going on? So what are your priorities, sir? Cindy, first and foremost, thank you for your leadership and and all that you and the Hispanic Chamber do for small business in in our community. You know, it's the backbone of our community. It's the backbone of Texas. 
backbone of the United States, but, and thank you for doing everything you do for small business. I, Cindy, I'm going into my second term and um, I represent East El Paso. The entire district is within the city limits. And, and I'm looking forward to, um, I had the honor and pleasure of serving on elections committee and ag and, and uh, livestock and looking forward to our new committee assignments, hopefully soon. Uh, you mentioned, it, Cesar mentioned a moment ago about we have a very strong team. We have a fabulous uh, uh, delegation and each and every one of them, we might not have the numbers, but no other delegation out there has a passion that we do for our community. And, and this is gonna be a session that we're gonna go out and fight and fight for you and your members and fight for our community. Um, Cesar touched on, on some of the issues that are gonna be a top of our list. And you know, one of them is gonna be budget. And we have to figure out how to, how to fund um, House Bill 3 and, and make sure that we take care of our teachers and, and our retired teachers and our, our uh, public schools. But again, thank you so much for having me and I look forward to the discussion. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, next, we'd like to hear from Representative Mary Gonzalez, District 75. Hi, Cindy, thank and hi, everyone. Um, Y'all look so great on the Zoom. I'm going to take a picture. I mean, I'm going to put you up against any delegation in the state of Texas, and we've got it. Uh, well, thank you so much. Super excited to be here. And I love our delegation. You're right. We have the best delegation in the Texas legislature. And so, you know, this session is really, we knew even before a global pandemic and economic recession and everything going on that it was going to be a very important session because of redistricting alone, especially for the Advaso community. Um, but now we have so much to deal with. We have to make sure that we are keeping our community and our state healthy and safe. We're addressing the needs through our state budget, that we are thinking critically about economic development and what our small businesses and local community leaders need and what our schools need, our teachers need and our students and our families need. And so lots to discuss, but really happy and grateful that we have the best delegation um, to, to get it done. And, and, you know, have to give a major shout out to our new senator who always is looking so perfect. So thank you, Senator, for keeping the standards high for El Paso. He's our ver he's our Mexican version of Tom Cruise, I guess. Oh my right? God, well, I don't know. Cindy, like, don't, well, let, it, don't uh, let it get to his head. Like, calmate, calmate. Uh, well, thank you so much, Mayor. <laughs> Representative Ortega, you're next, please. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you for inviting our delegation and for sending a, a strong kickoff for us. I, as as you just said earlier, I represent District seventy seven. And that includes various parts of, of the city. It's a, it's a very unique district because I have part of the west side, the downtown all the way to the border. It goes around the mountain and into the northeast. Uh, this is my third session serving District 77. Last session, I was uh, appointed to be in transportation, public health, and house administration. I think that public health right now is just absolutely crucial to, to this community. As someone just mentioned, it's gonna be, it is gonna be a difficult session because of budget, but I still, the fact that we get to go back where we can still assist with regard to this pandemic is what I think makes all of us willing to, to return to Austin uh, during the pandemic. I think we all are looking forward to making positive changes for our community. You asked what is my policy and legislative goals? 
And in response to it, I think that, that the most critical issue that's facing the state of Texas has to be access to healthcare. I mean, the, the pandemic has brought to light um, the importance of healthcare and having everyone have access to it. Um, it is going to be my top priority because we have to strengthen our infrastructure and our policies that directly relate to the health and the well-being of our families. Um, and as we all know, I mean, our, our border is, has one of the highest uninsured rate. I mean, this was the situation before the pandemic started. That uninsured rate has increased during the pandemic. Uh, many people have lost insurance coverage because they've, they haven't been able to, to work. And this was insurance that was sponsored by our employers. That's another reason that we also have to be strengthening businesses, businesses, small businesses in, in our community, I know are suffering. So there's, there's many things that, that I'm looking forward to doing as well as everyone in, in our delegation when it comes to improving the economic development of our community. So I'm ready to go and we just start it. Yeah, uh, you're ready. You got those roller skates on because that's what you're going to need. That's exactly <laughs> Thank <you>. right. <laughs> Representative Pettis, um, two minutes is what we have about what you think your might be, you know, top priorities in 137 days. And you'll be right behind her in those uh, we Heelys or whatever that they put on to, to roll just as fast. <laughs> Hi, Cindy. No, and I'm. Uh, thank you so much for having me, and I'm so happy to be part of this team. Um, I'm the newbie. I'm the newest member of the El Paso delegation, um, and I just want to give you just kind of like an insight. And I, and I've said it before, and I'll continue to say it again. But the reason why we talk about how important it is to have a strong delegation is it really matters here at the ledge from what I'm just learning, picking up so far. It's important to have that not only as a strong delegation, but also to, to have um, such positive working relationships with other members, with leadership. And I'm telling you all, El Paso has the best reputation across the state of Texas. And it makes sense when you look at the leadership um, with our Senator, you have Mary Gonzalez who sits on appropriations. You have Joe Moody's our speaker, Speaker Pro Tem, um, you know, Lena leading the charge on, on transportation and, and art, uh, Art Fierro with, with um, elections and so on and so forth. So we bring a broad range of experiences and backgrounds to this, but it's it's imperative and so and so important when we're trying to deliver for, for El Paso. And this session um, it couldn't be more important. Um, you know, it's an unprecedented session that we're walking into, a lot of need that we're going to have to address, a lot of difficult decisions that we're going to have to make, um, ensuring that uh, the promises that we made to, to education, we're going to continue to stick to that. Um, one thing that I'm, I'm going to be working on this session that is that I, I'm going to consider like my, my baby and I'm really going to try to try to see it through. Hopefully, I, I know it's, it's difficult right now with with the budget constraints, but I, I believe there needs to be there needs to be more support. There needs to be more resources for our small businesses, Cindy, everything that you're living and breathing through every day, reinvigorating the, 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 the state's capital access program that's right now at zero um, and, and making it a small business recovery act of some sort, um, you know, and in making this a public private partnership so that if any small business maybe were to default, the private industry would, would, would make up um, those costs so that it wouldn't impact our coffers. And so that's gonna be a piece 
piece of legislation that I hope we see through. Uh, God willing, we get the blessing of, of course, of other members and, and our governor hopefully will, will sign that piece of legislation. But there's a lot of need. As Lena was saying, you know, we're talking to public health is now front and center, um, you know, and how we're going to address uh, COVID, uh, not only for, not only for uh, getting our small businesses through this pandemic, but ensuring that we are doing this safely, we're providing enough resources also for just our, our families that are that are struggling um, and that have been hurting uh, through through all of this. And so I can't explain or ex yeah can't reiterate this enough that we certainly have a strong team that is going to do our best to deliver uh, as much as we can for for El Paso. Well, thank you so much. We're so glad to see you on there. I'm thinking I'm doing city council, but I forget. No, it's, you know, I'm on a state level. I'm just kind of trying to get my head all around it. Um, you know, during this time, it has forced all of us, and we know that, to think differently about how we all act and speak. I know a lot of business members we've talked about are starting to talk about democracy as the first agenda, which should be the filter for all government engagement, and that now more than ever, Businesses are really going to need to step up to get engaged. They're great at helping solve problems. Senator Blanco, I'll start off with you. Business leaders and governments need to work stronger and harder now more than ever. Is there one or two things you could share with our business audience, what they need to do to help you do what you need to do now that you're in the Senate? And you're on mute, sir. I'm sure there's some family members that would appreciate you being on mute, but not right now. <laughs> and some and some family members in this in this uh, Zoom. <laughs> um, you know, Cindy, I think the best thing that the small business owners and members of the chamber can do is remain in contact with us. Um, you know, all of us here specialize in a variety of fields, um, but we're not experts on all of them. So it's important that we hear from you. Um, and you can do it in a variety of ways. You can pick up the phone and call us. You, we can have forums like this on Zoom. Uh, you can send emails. I just finished a staff uh, call earlier today and we track exactly uh, what folks are emailing about, what folks are writing about. And that gives us a pulse of what's important to folks in the district. So, you know, don't be afraid to reach out to your elected officials, hold us accountable. Uh, Give us your advice. Uh, you all are the ones uh, on the front lines that are dealing with issues and, and government programs such as PPP and a variety of other things. You're, you're going to be able to tell us what works and what doesn't work. So I think the communication is, is key. Uh, many of us have community, community advisory committees or a group of uh, advisors that come from within the community that gives us input on, 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 on issues that uh, are before the legislature. So I encourage you all to uh, join us, uh, reach out to us and, and keep that communication flowing. Much. Um, Art, what are your comments and thoughts? You've been in the small business world. You understand sweat equity, you all do. Bottom line, that's what's going on. Business is in trouble. Uh, employees, cash is king, taxes, regulations, rules, COVID. They are the backbone of our economy. What do you need from them to help you do what needs to be accomplished for our community? Well, I think Senator Blanco uh, said it best when, when he said right now that communication, 
communication is vital. And, and the more we hear from our constituents, from our small businesses, it really helps us as we make our decisions and move forward on, on the floor. But I, I will tell you that um, I have the, 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 the great luck that to have a, a whole bunch of small businesses that are very vocal in my, in my district. A lot of them have to do with the hospitality industry. And I, and I can tell you that just off the top of my head, there's 10 of them um, who sacrificed since March some of their own money, you know, to, to be able to keep open, to be able to pay their employees, even when, when at the time when they were doing curbside only and, 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 and they really sacrificed their own bottom line to be able to keep and try and keep people on the payroll. You know, those are the people that we need to make sure that we assist um, somehow, whether it be making sure the taxes aren't increased, making sure licensings and fees aren't increased. You know, that's a ripple effect. People forget. You know, we, we think it's a way to, to beef up the, the, bottom, the bottom line, make, give us more money. But no, it affects people and the, and the amount of people that are, are being employed. And so we need to make sure that we hold the line when it comes to, to any type of tax increases and licensing um, increases for, for our small businesses in our community. Representative Gonzalez, your thoughts. You're on mute. I know. So, okay, that's, that's okay. That's like the number one thing said, you're on mute. But, um, but my staff no. here would love to mute me, but it doesn't work that way. <laughs> no, who would want to mute you? You're amazing. Oh, no. you would be surprised. Uh, <laughs> but I will say, Obviously, I want to ditto everything that Representative Fierro and Senator Blanco said, but I, I do think something that is really vital for our community to think through and for our small leader, our small business leaders to advocate for is making sure we're um, reinvesting or investing in higher education, whether it is our community college or UTEP or Texas Tech Medical School. We know that education, especially during an economic recession, is key to restarting um, our, our, our economy, right? And especially our community college programs, right? Right now, reskilling and upskilling our, our community members is going to be key. But we, even though we're really lucky that the BRE um, didn't come back telling us that we're having major deficits, we still, still do have a deficit. And we've always been underfunding our community colleges. And so just really thinking through like, um, we are gonna be rebuilding an economy and what are our community needs? And some of that is gonna be um, grounded in our community college and our, um, our, and our universities. And so making sure that they're always part of the conversation and how we can collectively advocate for them as a community. Thank you. Representative Ortega, your thoughts? Well, I've got to agree with everything that has been said. Um, what I'd like to add is it really is important to get involved and to hear from business owners in, in this community. And even though we may not be here in El Paso, we still have district offices and we definitely have our capital office is always open to scheduling Zoom meetings or telephone calls with, with us because you have to understand that there are hundreds of bills that are filed and we don't always know what <coughs> bills uh, we may have constituents that they are concerned about. And it's always good to talk and to get information, to have communication, to know exactly what the concern is on a specific bill. And because we are the city that is the farthest away from the capital, uh, it's, it's important for the business community to, to stay in touch with us. 
Now, something this last week happened that I think is, is very positive and people are calling it like the pandemic rule for the house. And it's, it changed our rules where we can actually now invite um, witnesses to, to testify uh, at, at committee hearings. And the reason that's important for us is, again, going back to the fact that we are so far away from the Capitol, that we can ask the chairman of the committee to, to include someone's testimony if we get support from fellow committee members. And I don't expect that that's gonna be difficult to do, that they know that we represent El Paso. And so if there's any business uh, individuals that want to testify on a specific bill, we can make that happen uh, if, if they're not able to actually go to, to Austin. So yes, that's great. Yeah, democracy is important. Transparency is important. And involvement is really crucial. So it would be great if we also had the support of the business community when there are bills that we either sponsor uh, support that is beneficial to El Paso. So yeah, so please help us. And we'll do that. You know, we're hearing that crescendo for business leaders is to take more action now with their legislative uh, representation. And so we're really going to try to be more of that voice to help each one of you. Representative Pettis, your comment about yeah, no, what more small business can do to help you. Absolutely. You know, and, and what maybe like these types of forums, right, are so important so that we can not only hear from you all on, on the needs um, and, and priority issues for you for this legislative session, but also so you can get an update from us as far as what we're working on. So continuing these discussions and what's, um, what, what's great about this forum, right, is if some of us, whether we're in the middle of legislative session and we're in Austin, we can conduct these Zoom meetings all the way in, in El Paso and vice versa in Austin. And so it'd be good to continue these types of, of discussions, these Zoom meetings with your membership um, so that you all have an idea as to what's coming through the pipeline. Um, I'm learning that things move very quickly here. And so in, ensuring what everyone in the delegation has said, ensuring that there's an open line of communication so that if there needs to be an amendment or there needs to be some voice for, for small businesses and whatever piece of legislation that we can certainly make that happen. Um, so I look forward to continuing these discussions, but, but Cindy, what I think what you did best is, is creating this type of format, this forum. Um, for your membership and, and us. So let's continue that uh, throughout the session. Well, that's what I was hoping one of you would say. So thank you for chiming in on that because that's what we wanted to do. But now that I have all of you on the screen, tell me, Cesar Blanco, what keeps you up at night? So y'all um, get a chance to be thinking what keeps you up at me, night because I started- Me yelling at him. <laughs> me yelling at him keeps him up at night. It sounds like um, you have your hands full with this delegation. <laughs> Depending on, depending on how late I eat, it could be LNJ that keeps me up. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, you know, um, the, I think the budget, uh, COVID response and recovery, I think those are the things that are, are most important. Uh, getting vaccines to our community in an in a orderly and timely fashion, making sure that El Paso is receiving its uh, fair share of the vaccines. Um, we recently convened a meeting with the city uh, and county uh, and the chair of uh, the, the EVAP committee, which is charged with uh, allocating the vaccines to uh, communities. And we had some concerns with, because we didn't have any, uh, anyone from El Paso appointed to that committee. 
but it turns out that the chair of the committee is in El Pasoan. Uh, and uh, we had a very productive meeting. And as a result, uh, we have demonstrated that El Paso is uh, leading the charge in the state really, and really nationally on vaccine dissemination, uh, which is so important for our community. Um, and we've got more people signed up on the registry. Uh, yes, I'm one of them. I think I'm 102,000 on the list, but I'm there. Yeah, yeah, and 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 look, I know that that uh, a lot of the coverage lately has been about how many people are waiting. Um, but the 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 real story here is that you know obviously it's a supply and demand issue. Until they start producing more vaccines, we'll get more people vaccinated. But really, the city and the county are doing a phenomenal job uh, in coordination with the state on mm -hmm. allocating these uh, vaccines and getting them out to folks. Um, so, you know, what keeps me up at night is, uh, you know, turning the corner on this pandemic, making sure that the state has the budget to, to address this, uh, this disaster, and then building and keeping upon on the promises that we built last session on uh, House Bill 3. And uh, Mary Gonzalez was, was instrumental in that and in, in her leadership in making sure that um, our public schools are, are uh, you know, doing very well and, and our students are being able to, to compete uh, when they get to college and, and then their jobs in the future. So uh, building upon the successes that we made last year as well. So those are the things that, that I think about when uh, before I hit the pillow. Okay, Mr. Fierro, how about you? And don't tell me it's that green chili at Ellen James. No, 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 it's um, not having hair like Cesar Blanco. So it keeps you up. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I, I can I, tell, I, I can feel the Zoom love among all of you. I love <laughs> it, it's great. <laughs> Well, you know, Too bad. This is not an evening thing. We'd have tequila and talk, but what can I do, right? Well, yeah, I don't. We do. Oh. <laughs> you know, Cindy, what keeps me up at night is is how do we get students back in school? At at the same time, making sure that we keep the teachers and staffs and and the families safe. You, you know, I I have a, a sixth grade daughter, and and she's not having a, a, an easy time. Um, working virtually and it's um you know so how do we do that and make sure and ensure that the students uh, are safe that the teachers are safe that the parents are safe and, and making sure that we don't lose a, any educational gap by you know with everything that's happened in the last since march you know that that's something that i think and uh, is going to re really be um top of mind is to make sure the other and, and mary touched on it is you know, if you talk to doc, Dr. Strata from El Paso Community College, um, he'll tell you that in, in uh, 2008, in our last recession, it was the community colleges that really were the springboard to bring us out of the recession. And it's going to be the, the community colleges and the, and the trade schools that really assist us to retool and rekey and, and, and get our, our workforce back ready to, to go on to whatever this next phase is going to do. And so to, how do we make sure, again, just like what Barry said, how do we ensure that they're funded and able to do this job to keep us in our economy growing and getting better? Thank you for that insight. Miss Representative uh, Gonzalez, what keeps you up at night? Probably thinking how to keep Mr. Fierro and Mr. Blanco in check with Miss Perez and Miss Ortega, but what keeps you up at night? It, it is a full-time job, especially <laughs> art. Art is, art is a troublemaker. <laughs> Let me tell you, but no, I, I think what keeps me up at night, I, I'm going to piggyback. Well, I think we've got a few. All of our young people. Oh, did I, did I freeze? 
Yes, you did. But that's oh, well. back. okay. Anyways, <laughs> I'm back. Um, it's really what keeps me up at night is the learning loss that all of our young people are experiencing over the last year. So we have 5.4 million kids in schools right now. 4 million of them are, it's 70% of them are below grade level, right? Like that's like, we have a whole generation of kids losing um, valuable learning moments right now. And so how do we really create a statewide policy to address learning loss keeps me up at night. Um, and so, and, and so that's for me is really critical. The second thing is how do we um, address the trauma that specifically our students and our teachers and our families have experiencing, especially the trauma here in El Paso. So for example, last school year, you know, our kids and our teachers and our families started the school year a week or two weeks after the shooting. And then they ended the school year with a global pandemic. And then they started the school year with a global pandemic. It has just been so much trauma that I think sometimes we can, we've just been living it. We don't stop to reflect and say, hey, there's something here that we need to address. And so I want to, that's really what keeps me up at night is not becoming normalized to the reality of trauma that our community has been experiencing for a long-term period. So it's that true time of reflection in terms of where we go from here based on all of that we've been dealing with. And you have 137 days to affect change. I can see that would keep me up at night as well. Uh, Representative Ortega, your thoughts. I think that there's, there's just so many different things that, that keep me up. I don't think that there's just one because uh, issues that we confront are constantly occurring and it's, it's trying to help as many people as, as we can. I mean, many of these things have already been talked about when we talk about public education, making sure that everyone has access to a quality education, especially students in our community because many of them are English learners. Others come from economically um, difficult circumstances. I mean, we've heard of problems with not having internet, uh, problems in, in not having enough uh, computers. If you have children, several kids still in, in, in enrolled in school. I mean, we're constantly dealing with, with various problems. And I know we as a delegation look, are always there to, to, to help. So it's, it's, it's a tough time. And of course, the most important is the pandemic and that we've lost so many people in our community and trying to help and make sure that everyone has access to care. So it's just one thing. And also, I mean, I mean, we repeating it again. I mean, we've got so many businesses that may not reopen after the, the pandemic is more under control. So there's many things that we have to work on uh, in within 140 days, which also makes it very difficult. Thank you for that insight. Representative Bettis, I guess you're, you have to figure out how to keep all three of them kind of on an equal level. No, um, but I, I really couldn't agree more with, with everyone's sentiments. It's just a, it's a difficult time and there's a lot of pressure on us. Um, to ensure that we're going to help, right? At the end of the day, that's what we want to do is help, um, whether it's in education, whether it's in public health, whether it's in in, um, in small business small businesses, 
you know, but what's been really eating at me for, for some time is, um, is really just the amount of small businesses that are, that are really hurting right now. When I was on city council, I worked closely with the small business association and, you know, we helped, um, we helped open up some of these businesses in, in, in district six. And I, we've kept in touch ever since. And, um, once this pandemic started, I, you know, was texting, how is everyone, how are you doing? And it's, it's sad that um, a lot of them um, are, have lost everything or on the brink of losing everything. Um, and there's just, there's a lot of information out there. Um, it's, it's confusing to some of them. And it just, it makes me nervous, Cindy. I don't know what the numbers are now, but what, over 30% of our sm- small businesses have closed permanently, probably actually, it's, actually it's, tw- it's actually 27%, but it's getting close to 30. 1% is too high. I, yeah. I would, we would agree with you there. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and then uh, the senator and I met with not too long ago, the Restaurant Association and hearing their, their concerns. And we're just, you could just feel this pressure, just like we have Huge. to do something. We have to help these businesses. And you all know, I mean, we've worked so hard on economic development over the years, you know, on downtown redevelopment and so on and so forth. And just to seeing a lot of that kind of getting chipped away across the city, not just not just in our downtown. And, and when we, the first day we, we were sworn in the first the first um, issue that came through this office was unemployment benefits. So we're seeing a lot of that, just people that are hurting in El Paso and they're looking to us to help. And so that's just what what all of us, I know all of us just keeps us up at night is just how we're going to make a difference and help those that are that are hurting and in need. I'm hoping that this bill that I'm working on, you know, will help provide some some um, access to, to cash, to, to quick cash, um, you know, and, and it being a, a revolving, like I said, a revolving loan fund, because it just seems as though that would help a little bit, help alleviate some of those pressures, those financial pressures um, that, that small businesses are experiencing. So that is certainly, certainly keeping me up and thinking through how we're going to ensure that we can help our small businesses not only survive, but thrive at some point. My other question I have for all of you as a delegation with so much on your plate, how do you determine what you do collectively as a group? Each one of you has special skills, but you all have to come collectively as a group to fight against an Austin or a Fort Worth or a Dallas or Houston, because everybody's jockeying for getting in there and having their voice heard. How do you go about doing that? And then how do you, when you do it, how do you measure that you you succeed? Representative, uh, Cesar Blanco? Sure. Well, the beauty of this delegation, I think what makes us most effective is that we communicate, um, all of you all, uh, in terms of city, city, county governments, entities, send us your legislative uh, agendas, proposals, and priorities. And we sit down as a group and talk about these priorities. And it, do, y'all meet, do, y'all, do y'all meet weekly together as a group? Do you, uh... Uh, we, we Usually weekly or, or bi-weekly. During session, it's weekly. Um, it's with that tequila that Art was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. What, what was it? Tequila, and t- tequila talks. It's most. There you most go. Tequila, there you right? go. Uh, but no, yeah, we, we get together and we, we, we figure out, uh, number one, what the priorities for session are. Is this going to be a healthcare session? Is it going to be an education session? Is it going to be a redistricting session? And based on the theme of, of the legislative session, uh, then we start to divide and conquer. If and it, it all depends on our strengths. Uh, for example, uh, Lena has served on public health. Mary serves on appropriations. 
Um, and it depends on what those items that we're, we're chasing after, right? If it's something that we're funding, obviously Mary is very instrumental in that. If it's something that we need to pass on, on the healthcare side, obviously Lena serves on, on the public health committee. So we divide and conquer, but the most important ingredient is that we're a team, uh, that we work together. And for many years uh, in, in, in past delegations, that wasn't necessarily the case. It was about who took credit. It was about um, you know, differences in opinions and approach. We respect each other and, and, and we work with each other. And I think our, our community has benefited, benefited because of that. So we talk regularly, we talk all the time and it's not always business. Uh, we enjoy hanging out with each other and I think that's important for, for the success of our community. Well, you all definitely show respect for each other and you all have certainly learned how to agree to disagree, which is what absolutely has to happen. We usually I have, agree with Art quite a bit, but don't, <laughs> but don't tell him. I have a border question and not everybody gets this because they don't live in our unique border community. Tell me about border closures. You know, they have really intensified our economic chaos in our community caused by the pandemic. How's the legislature, the delegation collectively, going to attack border issues? Because we know that not everybody believes in a community that's a border community. They don't live in a community. They don't recognize the issues we have. Um, how are you going to address that? Because we are getting a lot of impact from small businesses, especially our downtown businesses that have totally been annihilated because of the Mexican shopper. And, they, and, and some of the comments we've had is that many businesses are looking at profit over people which is not the case. They're not looking profit over people because they recognize without people, they've got no profit. So as a border community, border delegation, how will you address any border legislation that will come up? Anybody want to tackle that? You know, I'll just chime in for just a moment, Cindy. I think the vaccine is really going to be the key, the key point here. Once we can get the distribution of the vaccine out, make it safe to, to cross, I think that will really help us economically. The, you know, the other is, issue is, and, and I've heard everybody in this delegation bring it up, um, why, why are we funding um, so much border protection and increasing our, our base tax pay? Shouldn't the feds be doing that? Um, and, and Cesar, can you remind me of the, of the, the amount that, that we're, we're budgeting for, for uh, board, uh, the DPS in this, uh, on, the, on the border? Yeah, it's, it's typically been 800 million a biennium. Um, I mean, it, it's ridiculous. And, and you're right, Art. Um, we need legislators to, to go in there and talk about, we need to tell our story, the way we know our border region, right? Okay. Uh, we know that we're a binational community, we're multicultural, we're, we're, we're a, an economic engine because of our ports of entry and because of trade. Not only that, uh, our retail centers uh, greatly benefit and it benefits the state uh, because folks come in from Juarez and Chihuahua to shop, to eat, to stay, et cetera. Um, so we have to advocate for our community and, and not allow politicians who don't have an idea of what it means to, be, to live on the border to define our region. Uh, we so have to correct. define ourselves. And, and I think this delegation has done a phenomenal job uh, fighting for our values, fighting to define ourselves and making sure that uh, El Paso is in a positive light. I, I will say this, the rhetoric of Donald Trump, uh, uh, his hateful rhetoric is what made this individual come to El Paso and murder 23 people. 
Um, that's dangerous rhetoric. And we've seen what's going on in the Capitol uh, last two weeks, uh, the U.S. Capitol. We're in dangerous times, but we cannot allow politicians and people from who don't live on the border define us. We've got to define ourselves. So that's a great segue to another question that I have. Um, knowing the recent highlights that happened in Washington, D.C., and we know that there's still a deep divide in our society and government. How can you as a delegation that's worked so well together help promote unity and respect when you have to get to political differences? Because they're going to arise. You know they're going to do that. So how to collectively do you do that in a dignified, respectful way and not play to the hands of, of, of what we've seen? Anybody want to answer that? I think um, we model it, right? I think we model it within each other and then we model it with our colleagues and we're very public about that. We, I think if you look at any of our social media or if you look at just the way we are with other colleagues, you can see how we are de demonstrating what working together across differences looks like. Um, and so what, what I think is most important is right now you have a, a lot of people who think that politics is one way, like right versus left, progressives versus conservatives. And unless we show them, it's really especially not as like that in the Texas legislature, um, then people won't know that there is an alternative and we can be different. And so for me, that is the most important thing we can do. And then have very serious conversations with specifically the younger generation who are getting really dis disenchanted with politics because of what's going on. Very much so. I have another question that somebody can answer, possibly. I have lots of questions, but one of the questions I have is, when you come back to El Paso and you've done this 137-day sprint, what are you going to measure as a success? What, what do you want to achieve and come back and say, look what we did for you, El Paso? What would that be? Because there's I've like got 9 it. million things out there. Oh, there is. But I think that one of the most important things that our community needs is for our delegation to make sure that whatever funding, because uh, funding is the budget is going to be a real problem this session, we just need to ensure that the that there is equitable funding that this community receives and and I think that we all are looking for that and and that's that's something that that's important so I know that in, in the prior sessions that I've served, El Paso, our delegation has been really good of actually bringing in additional funding in various areas. And I think that we will be again, looking to doing that again for this session, but also making sure the various other things that have been discussed, like our Senator talking about that we've got, we continue in, in receiving our fair share of, of the vaccines. And I think we've done a, a great job with that because we have actually received more than other communities. And there we've got to thank the, the city because they've done an excellent job in actually uh, getting those vaccines and having people uh, get vaccinated. So there's various ways that we can measure our success. And, I, and something that you asked earlier, we do work well together and we all uh, get into different areas that we know are important to, to this community. And, and, and Cindy, we all know economic development is, is important. Healthcare is going to be top priority. So I, I suspect that when session is over, we will bring home um, success for our community. And especially if, if we have 
our community supporting us and, and being there when we need them and them communicating with us on their needs. Yeah, I, I totally agree with, with Lena. Um, she hit the nail on the head. I think, I think we need to, not just El Paso, but as a state, I think both the Senate and the House uh, and the governor need to ask themselves a list of questions at the end of this session. And I think those include, uh, did we expand access to healthcare? Um, did we provide meaningful COVID-19 relief to our businesses and our workers? Uh, did we pass a moral budget that isn't balanced on the backs of hardworking Texans who are already hurting? Uh, did we uh, help families and businesses get back on their feet? Yeah. Did we keep our promises uh, on public education? Uh, and did we pass reforms that make our community safer uh, from guns and dangerous people? I think these are all uh, important things. These are challenging times. And, and I think people, especially in El Paso, are, are looking for leadership uh, and for their government to have a plan to uh, provide uh, them with relief and really a, a, a roadmap uh, to recovery to help them you know, weather this pandemic. Any other thoughts before I go on to my next question? Because it's now 1.48 and I know I have to get you off at noon and I have one final question for everybody. And this is more of a personal question for the audience to get to know you because you're El Pasoans, heart and soul. And you're out there in Austin fighting this. So I'm gonna start off with Representative Claudia Orlas Perez. Why did you run for office? Were you crazy? I mean, thank you for doing that. Why did you run? Yeah, after city council, yeah, I asked. That's like, why I'm the, <laughs> I felt that a lot. Did you have enough political activity? <laughs> no, it, it really I think started um, back in um, college. I mean, I so I went to the University of Texas at El Paso. Um, go Miners, and uh, I, I was involved with student government there, was president of University Dems, just really loved um, the aspect of, of Paul. I didn't realize politics was going to think. I, I wanted to definitely get into some sort of nonprofit work, right? Um, but then I realized there's there's a role for for everyone, and I liked uh, I liked the ability to have my hand in creating some change, right? And so when I ran for city council, it was it was exciting because it was the it was, I was going to represent the community I grew up in. So I grew up on the east side. So as we all know each other, right, how, how we know we're all Pasoans, we ask what high school we went to. So I went to Montwood High School. I grew up on the mighty, mighty east side. Um, and so that, that kind of set a fire in me. Um, uh, and I didn't think, I knew I wanted to run for office at some point. I just didn't know it was going to be that, that fast uh, because I really enjoyed being a staffer. So I started off as a, as a staffer. So I worked in this building back in the 81st legislative session um, for our former state Senator Elliot Shapley. Loved every minute of it. During that time, we were um, debating the voter ID law and, and so many other important issues. And I always knew I wanted to come back at, at some point. So I'm so thankful and grateful to have the opportunity just to, to represent you know, the, the area, uh, the people um, uh, of El Paso, it's, it's a, it's a true, it's a true honor and a, and a true, and a true blessing. It's yes, the stress is certainly there, but it's good stress because you Thank want you. to, right. You just want to deliver for, right. for El Paso. Yeah. Thank you for that. Cesar Blanco, did you run for the Senate? Cause you knew you were going to have your own microphone. Talk about that. Um, I like, ran why did you run? <laughs> 
Well, I ran because, I mean, we get paid a lot of money to do this. Um, <laughs> I should get the old microphone, right? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, Cindy, um, I, I spent my life in public service uh, ever since I was in the military. I've got a long family history of, of public service, and it's out of a sense of duty uh, for our community. And, you know, the reason I ran for the Senate uh, uh, position is because I'm a firm believer that our community needs fighters to fight for our fair share. Um, and El Paso and, and West Texas, uh, from, from our perspective, uh, too often are forgotten or marginalized. And, you know, when you take a look at the last year or two years, uh, we've been ground zero for the immigration debate. Being a border town, you know, El Paso is often portrayed as a dangerous place. Uh, instead of the vibrant and safe city that we are, and and that's not just me saying it. It's the FBI that says that, right? According to their statistics, yeah, um, it's where the federal government decided to 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 house children who were ripped away from their families, and our community was a target of a mass murder. Uh, simply because of who we are. Um, so when there was a vacancy in the Senate, I knew that uh, El Paso and West Texas uh, needed an advocate uh, with a track record of delivering. And I think now more than ever, uh, our community is in need, especially because of this pandemic that's running rampant, right? Um, you know, uh, nearly a quarter of the residents in this Senate district don't have access to internet. Uh, and the pandemic has shown that internet access is, is a huge necessity. So, you know, West Texans uh, and El Pasoans need someone who can deliver for them uh, and ensure that they receive our fair share, that we receive our fair share of resources to improve education, uh, make healthier uh, outcomes and, and healthcare more affordable and accessible, and build the infrastructure our region needs to grow, to be regionally competitive, and create greater uh, economic opportunity for all of us. Thank you for that. Representative Gonzalez, why did you do this? <laughs> You're right. It was a brief lapse of sanity. Um, <laughs> no, but I mean, a lot of people know I was a professor and an educator before I ran for office. And to be honest, when I ran, I didn't think I was going to win. I was mostly <laughs> jumping in to model to my students what it meant to take risks, make sacrifices for the communities that you love, to be at the forefront of creating change. But really, like, um, it was my students who are my main motivators in, in me doing this work. And, and the reason I continue to do the work, and you see me really fight for education, because that's my, that's, those are my roots and the reason that I'm here. Thank you, Mr. Art Fierro. Well, Cindy, you know, it was actually the Hispanic Chamber. Oh, I know. I didn't plant that as a commercial. Okay, yeah, you all. Yeah. <laughs> be our platform next, but it was actually the Hispanic Chamber. Um, and in the, it, it was just such a an awakening to me for to realize that people didn't consider us as part of Texas, and they didn't yeah. consider us as part of New Mexico, and. And at one point, they wanted to take the SBA, Small Business Administration office, out of El Paso. And let's just I move it down that fight. to Lubbock. Yeah. Right? It's just down the street. You know, we, they can make it to Lubbock and, and, and champion their causes. And it was those fights. And, and it was because of you and because of uh, Alan Simpson and Barbara Perez and, and, and Charlie Ponzio and, and group of those people who, who really made me realize that if, if you're going to make a difference, you need to stand up front take chances and have your voice heard. It's, it's not only your, your voice, you're speaking for 
your constituents, your your members in this bank chamber. And and by the way, that small business one, we ended up winning. And and we have the Small Business Administration Office still here in El Paso. Yes, we all fought very hard for that. Thank you for that, Art. Representative Ortega, I'm going to let you close this out because we've got five minutes. And Representative Gonzalez, I think, had to leave. She had another meeting. So if you would just share with this group, were you crazy? Did you drink election juice or something? I mean... And I do say that with all honesty, it's not an easy job that you all have to do. You put a lot of sacrifices. Why did you want to do this? I agree with you. I don't think that it's it's an easy job. And I think it's, it's a harder job because we are uh, so far away from, from the state capital. And so it takes us away from our family and from our friends. And I think it's also, I mean, my hat's off to the younger members of the delegation because I was in a completely different situation when, when I ran. Uh, I had had a very successful career uh, as an attorney and the community had been very good to me. And so I, I viewed it as a way of giving back. As a lawyer, I've always helped people and, I, and, I'm, and I'm continuing to do that as, as a state representative. Um, I had been uh, involved in, in many community um, activities, including the Court of Inquiry. So I'm very well aware of, of the discrepancies in terms of how um, things are funded from, from the state. So it kind of motivated me to when there was to do it, even though I knew it wasn't going to be easy. Uh, there was an opening and people were asking me to run. Uh, and because the timing was good, I decided to go ahead and do it. But no, it's, it's, it's a lot of work, uh, but I'm proud to be representing uh, District 77 in my community. And I think that the other big motivator is, is if you've been involved in politics is that you know that you can make positive change. And I think that we've got a, a good delegation that's working hard to, to do that, to make positive change for this community. Well, so. I wanna thank you all so much, but I wanna close with something that one of our businesses just sent me, which I think is sums up everything that you all are doing. And this comes from Baron White from ESL. He's been a member of ours for a while. He says, thank all of you. El Paso has been the stepchild of Texas for several years. You are the engine, each one of you on the screen that is keeping El Paso in the epic center of Texas growth. Listening to you as a business owner, I am so proud that you have the reins to lead our community where it needs to go. As an individual, I thank you for your insights and advocacy. It feels today you are leading from the heart, knowledge and passion for a wonderful community. Now, you guys, that's pretty awesome. If you want, and that is not planned. We didn't write it. We didn't type it in. Mm -hmm. That is the chat from Mr. Baron White from ESL. Thank you, Baron. Very nice way for us to close this out. I can't thank each one of you again for what you did, leading with heart, passion, support, and some true sweat equity. I can certainly tell. Uh, we're going to be doing more of these. Uh, we are developing and getting ready to send to you our small business legislative issues. It's almost done. So we're going to send it to you so you can see what we're fighting for. So you can see Please don't hesitate to reach out to us. If you have an issue, let us know. We are your back office advocacy support center. And you can tell we can bring you more of these things. God bless each one of you. Thank you so much for joining us. Safe 137 days. Stay in touch. Take care.